invitation. Okay, I guess you may be seated. Yeah. I get this thing on here. Can everybody hear me? Am I on? It's on, I guess. Um, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer first before I get started. We always need prayer when we do anything, especially things outside of our box, uh, our comfort zone, so to speak. <laughs> let's bow. Lord Jesus, today is your day, and I want your will to be done. So whatever happens... Hold my hand and let's face it together. Amen. Uh, the, my sermon today is kind of a part two of what I talked about, I don't know, three weeks ago before Brian started about our complacency in our churches. Uh, it comes from Luke 4, 42, 44, and it's knowing your purpose and setting priorities. Uh, I don't know about you, but I think some in our world has kind of lost their uh, priorities. They've kind of shoved them aside. They got everything else going in front of it. Uh, some people instinctively know what their priorities are. Uh, the classified section of the Clay County Sun newspaper in June of 1978 contain an, an ad from a farmer with 160 irrigated acres. He said he wanted a marriage-minded woman with a tractor. When replying, please send a picture of a tractor. It's all, you know, he knew what he wanted. He knew what his priorities was and what it was. So what's our priorities in life? You know, have you ever spent a lot of time thinking about what you should spend your time on? I really don't think most of us have. We just kind of go from day to day doing whatever we want and whatever we feel like doing without really ever asking ourselves what we should be doing. Which shows the truth of what one well-known businessman from California said several years back. He said that there are two things that are difficult for most people to do. To think and do things in order of their importance. We don't do that. We just do things. We don't have an order of importance. We just do it. What a tragedy it would be to have gone through your whole life and at the end of it look back and realize that you spent all your time, money, and energy on things that were pointless and had no value or worth. How depressing it would be to realize that you had wasted your entire life on vain pursuits. So what should you spend your life on? Well, thankfully, the Bible gives us a whole lot and many clear statements on how to have purpose in our life, what prior priorities to set for our lives. There's hundreds of such statements in the Bible that all, all boil down to one thing. Bottom line on how we see priorities and how to live with purpose. Make eternal things priority. The television shows that we watch 
they're not going to last. The knowledge we have about cars and sports, uh, they won't last. The wealth we accumulate in our 401, it's not going to last. Nothing's going to last. The only things that matter are those that have eternal significance. Getting your name in the history books doesn't matter if you fail to get your name in the book of life in heaven. Getting wealth on earth doesn't matter if you lose all reward in heaven. What is it Jesus said? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Also Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. What does he say your priority should be? To to seek first the kingdom of God. To live with eternity in mind. Paul says that same thing in many of his places in his letters. For example, in Colossians 3.2 he writes, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. What should our priorities be? We should focus on things that will last for eternity. This is what we see Jesus do in part of Luke 4. Luke 4.42 shows us that Jesus knew his priorities and purpose. Jesus knew what to put first and what he had been sent to earth to do. It's these things he focused on. So let's first look at his priority set for himself. It's found in the first part of Luke 42. Early the next morning, Jesus went out into the wilderness, and the crowd searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. So he knew, he knew what it was. He said for himself, you know, we see there that Jesus made his relationship with his father's first priority. That's what he did. He went out and prayed, stayed praying. Jesus made prayer a priority. It says, now when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place to pray. That's what he did. This, should be, this would be Sunday, the day after the Sabbath. And he, would, he had just had a tiring day teaching in the synagogue, confronting a demon-possessed man. And this long day was followed by an even longer night of healing the multitudes of crowds that came to him. And now, according to Luke 42, when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place. He went into a deserted place where no people, and he went to get away from the crowds. He went there to pray. We think of Jesus as being somebody who never needed a moment to himself, who constantly gave and he sought out crowds of people so he could teach them or heal them. But this is not the Jesus that the gospel revealed. Very frequently, we read of him going out into the desert to escape the crowds, going up onto a mountain to get away from people, going into a deserted place like we read here. This wasn't because he didn't love people, because he does love people. Matter of fact, he loves all people. He always has time for people. He always gives sacrificially to people. But Jesus realized something. He realized that people were not his number one priority. You know, sure, people were a priority, but they were not his number one priority. 
Jesus did come to bring salvation to the people of the world. That was his goal, but it was not his priority. What was his priority? Well, we see it here, and whenever else he escapes people, and the reason he parts, departs from the crowds and goes to deserted places is because his priority was his relationship with God. He knew that he would be worthless to people if he was not in constant fellowship with God the Father. Jesus knew that he could not serve the people if he was not filled by God. This is what we see Jesus doing all the time in his ministry. When most of us would say, man, I've had a long, tiring day. I just need to relax. Or when we say, I've got a big day tomorrow. I need to get a good night's sleep. Jesus says, I need to spend extra time with God. I need to pray. How many of us do that? I know I have trouble with it. Uh, one example, Luke six twelve says, And it came to pass in those days that he went out onto a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And the day before Jesus makes his very important decision of picking the 12 apostles, the disciples that he had to pick, rather than get a good night's sleep, what's he do? Spends all night in prayer. Whenever he faced an important decision, whenever he has finished a long, grueling day, he spends extra time with God. How many of us do that? Why? Because he knows where to go to get re-energized. He knows that his number one priority is his relationship with God. Everything else is worthless until this falls in line. The number one priority of Jesus was his relationship with God. And so he spent lots of time communicating with God through the Bible and praying. All relationship development depends on communication. God speaks to us through his word and we speak to him through prayer. We will never have a good relationship with God unless we spend lots of time in the word and prayer. Jesus shows us this. Have you ever wondered what to pray for yourself without being selfish? Sometimes it's hard to do. You think you don't, we don't go to prayer unless we need something or uh, somebody's hurting and we feel like it. But here, Jesus, we just need to pray all the time. And if, if you don't know what to pray, pray scripture. Some of the scriptures to pray are found in Ephesians that says, Keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. When we pray constantly, it will put our ongoing fellowship with God front and center in our life where he should be. That's what Jesus did. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, this is where he tells them to begin. Luke 11 is one place that contains this model prayer. In Luke 11 too, Jesus tells them to, to begin by glorifying God and move to asking for God's will to be done. Then he instructs them to begin with themselves in the confession of sin. I don't know about you, but I don't know that I confess my sin before I ask God for something. And we should. Because you know we're, we're all sinners. 
uh, by just natural. I mean, it's, it's in our, started with Adam and Eve. So, are we making our relationship with God our number one priority, or is he lower on the list? Did God come after your favorite tele- television show and after your recreation on the, at the lake and only when you aren't too tired? Where is God on our priority list? You need to put him at the top. Nothing else in life will make sense until you do. Making God simp- a priority simply means giving him lots of time. It's easy to determine what your priorities are by how much time you commit. If your children are your priority, then you spend lots of time with them. If work is your priority, then you spend more time at work than the average person. If sports and recreation are a priority, you spend lots of time doing them. Whether you realize it or not, if you spend lots of time in front of the television, you're making it a priority. Matter of fact, in, in 1992, they did a survey, found that aside from sleeping and work, television was the number one thing most people spent their time on. Now, this kind of surprised me, but in a typical lifespan of 70 years, we will have spent 32.9%, which is a total of 23 years, sleeping. That's number one. And work, followed by work, you know, is 22.8% of our time, which is 16 years. Television comes in third at eight years with 7.4%. Followed by eating, travel, leisure, illness, dressing, and things of God's clear at the bottom of the list, which is 0.5 years at a 0.7%. That's pretty sad when you stop and think about it. That's real sad. You know, I I know there's a lot that you you can't do about, you know, your work and your sleep, but you can at least put what is last on the list, which is God. You can at least move him up. You know, God time should be above TV time in third place. But it's not television. Like I say, television is something that, not, that will not last for eternity. Far too many of us waste away our days and hours sitting in front of the TV. And of course, now since this survey has been, uh, we have Facebook, video games, uh, and everything. Not saying that this stuff's bad for you and you shouldn't watch it, because I watch it and I have some of my favorite shows. You know, Andy Griffith is one of my favorite shows. Uh, and I like the, the cop series and stuff. But, you know, uh, it does take up far too much of our time. And even if you don't watch TV, there's something else filling that time that could be spent with God. No matter wherever you are, with how much time you spend with God, just move it up a notch. You know, it, just move it up a couple notches. You don't have to move it all the way up. It'd be nice if you did. And then our, our pews would be full, our churches would be full, our, I think our society would be in better shape than what it is. We've all fallen away from it. We're not, 
We're spending too much time thinking about ourselves and taking care of ourselves. We need to get on schedule, you know, where we spend at least five or ten more minutes extra. That's not much time. You spend that much time going to the bathroom. Take the Bible in there with you and sit there and read it or whatever. You know, pray while you're there. <laughs> no matter how much time we spend to God, we can always spend more. When God's a priority, you spend a lot of time with Him in His Word and in prayer. God should be number one. And another way to make God a priority, aside from spending lots of time with him, is to discover why he put us here on earth, what his plans for us are, and fulfill those plans. Discover our purpose in life, and then fulfill that purpose. Jesus knew what his purpose was. It was preaching. Luke 42, or 4, 42, 44, it showed that the crowds came to him and tried to keep him. They didn't want him to leave. They wouldn't let him. Jesus had gone off spending time alone with the Father, and yet the crowds followed him. Tried to keep him from leaving them. The night before, he'd been busy. He healed all their sickness, cast demons out, and they realized that, hey, this is the kind of guy that we need to keep around. We won't be sick anymore. We won't have doctor bills. We won't need health insurance. Let's do everything we can to keep him here and help our needs. Jesus responds, though, in Luke 4, 43. He said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. He says this is what he must do. It's not something something that he simply wants to do, he knew that was his purpose, was to preach the kingdom of God to as many people as possible. Jesus could have stayed up, healing, feeding the people for free, for all those wonderful things, but then he would be neglecting the one thing that God wanted him to do, preach the kingdom of God. Now here's a story about a lighthouse keeper. You might have heard it before. Says one day, or say, uh, he was given enough oil for one month and told to keep the light burning every night. Well, one day a woman asked for some oil so that her children could stay warm. Then a farmer came. His son needed oil for a lamp so he could read. And then another person came, needed some for an engine. Well, the keeper saw each one of these as a worthy, as a worthy request. So he made it out just enough oil to satisfy all. Well, near the end of the month, the tank in the lighthouse ran dry. That night, the beacon was dark. Three ships crashed onto the rocks, killing more than 100 people. When a government official investigated, the man explained what he had done and why. An official says, you were given one task, just one. It was to keep the light burning. Everything else was secondary. And we fail at our given purpose. We fail at everything. God sent Jesus to preach. And although there were many other good things Christ could have done, according to Luke 4.44, preaching is what he focused on. This was his purpose of Christ, the reason he was sent. 
the one thing God wanted him to do, and according to Luke 4.44, this is what he did. He went from town to town preaching in the synagogues. Preaching was his given purpose. Since God was his number one priority, during God's will was his number two priority. Jesus fulfilled his purpose of preaching in the synagogue. Have you ever wondered why our church used to flourish and now that it doesn't, if you look around? One reason is our parents and their parents made God a priority in their lives. They came to hear the preaching of the word, not only on Sundays, but Sunday evening and Wednesday evenings. They made God a priority. Other activities took second place. We didn't have Sunday soccer. We didn't have all these sports that sometimes are take place in the afternoon after church, but we got to miss church to get there because God's not our number one priority. Think about it. We're all guilty of it. Like I said, our fathers and, and our parents, they made God a priority. Other activity took second place. Has your life ever seemed like it was missing something or lacked significance? Probably due to the fact that you do not know what your purpose is. Jesus' purpose was to preach. This was also the purpose of the apostles and our pastors. Preaching is not everybody's purpose. Each of us have unique God-given purpose which only we can fulfill. We should seek to discover what that purpose is and live it. So if you want to know your purpose in life, make God a priority. God had us in mind and he planned you for his purpose. Those purposes will extend far beyond the few years you will spend on earth. You were made to last forever. Self-help books suggest that you look into yourself and to discover the purpose and meaning of your life. That's the wrong place to start. You must begin with God, your creator, and his reasons for creating you. You were made by God and for God, and until you understand that, life will never make sense. It's not about you. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. And as long as we stay complacent with where we are in our spiritual life, we're doomed to fail. And last, something to think about. 1963, the University Christian Church in New York closed their doors, never again to reopen, and put a sign on the door which said, gone out of business. Because we didn't know what our business was. If a church is going to succeed, it needs to be filled with people who know their business, who know their purpose in life. Remember that we exist only because God made us, and we have special gifts only because God gave them to us. With God, we are something valuable and unique. Apart from God, we are nothing. If we try to live without him, we will be abandoning the purpose for which we were made. I don't, I don't know about you, but 
I'd hate to see any more churches close, although they are closing all over the country, because God is not our number one priority. Everything else is. We need to move God up. We got to move him up that ladder. Five, ten more extra minutes. Whatever. And like I say, like, you know, not everybody's a preacher. I'm not a preacher by far. And I am definitely out of my comfort zone. Uh, let me tell you. But we have talent. All of us have talents. Carol Ann plays, brings us gospel music. She plays piano. Reach out to Crystal. You know, she does uh, uh, the breathing therapy thing or whatever at the hospital. You know, she reaches, touches people. We can all touch people uh, just by our actions and in, in, in our love, and, and that's that's all we got to do. But we need God focused in order to do that. We can't do it without God. So let's pray, dear God. We pray that you would remind us that we are all a part of building and expanding your kingdom. We ask that you give us a fresh vision for your purpose for our lives. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our minds to your vision so that we can live out our purpose. Please remove anything from our lives that hinders us from discerning your vision. Please reveal to us what we need to do today and not run wild, but rather be focused on your divine vision. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're getting ready, Deb's going, we're getting ready to sing a song, uh, invitation.